Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm right here. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be discussing some retro gaming, some modern gaming topics, Amazon coming up with their own game streaming service, a review of the Console Wars documentary, Farmville shutting down, and whatever else we decide is worthy of your ears and eyes. Ian, how was your weekend? Oh, first, Ian, sorry. We got wares at UltimateNintendo.com. We got the Not For Resale Blu-ray that's there on Blu-ray. It's there on Blu-ray. It's also digitally available on iTunes, Google Play Store, Microsoft Store, um, Vimeo, wherever. It's, it's everywhere except for Sony, because Sony hates us. Microsoft Store. It's everywhere, Ian. It's everywhere. And of course, you can get the other enamel pins there as well. Sorry, I had to say that, Ian. Oh, I'm also uh, I'm also on Cameo, Cameo.com slash Pat Country. All right, Ian. Sorry, and there's flies coming around here that I'll get to. Damn fly! How was your weekend? Uh, it's good. It's fine. I worked. Um, went to the fucking dentist yesterday. You fucked the dentist? What? I went to the fucking dentist. Okay. I did not fuck the dentist. Okay. Uh, yeah. All I can really say is go to the fucking dentist, people. Go to the dentist. Take care of your teeth. If you've got a problem, go see the dentist. Don't wait. Don't be like me. Don't, why, why? What was wrong with your teeth? Don't need thousands and thousands of dollars of dental work. Um, you need thousands of... You don't have dental insurance? No. Uh, and most dentists will tell you that dental insurance is kind of a scam. And that's what I've... I, no, it's I, not. Not for re- not real ones. You, you get like... Your... So many of them look, look, look so scammy. Well, I used to get fifty percent off, like you know, for my surgeries. Like they never, it's never a hundred percent. It's like fifty percent off. Yeah. Um, so, so how? What was the last time you went to the dentist before this? I used to go to the dentist all the time, and then the last time I went to the dentist before this was probably like four years ago. All the time. What does that mean? Every two regularly, months? like twice like a year. One, one. I, I would go. I would go whenever I was back home. They used to recommend twice a year, but I think that was the dental association. Yeah, that. I, I don't know that bullshit. that's actually necessary, but I used to go once a year. So, okay, so it's been four years since you've been. Yeah. Are you a regular, uh, regular uh, brusher and, and twice a day brusher? Also a floss flosser. Once a day. Also a flosser. I, I usually floss before uh, each time I brush brush my teeth. You're supposed to, yeah. But uh, I had like an old filling fall out of two teeth, and uh, I was dealing with other medical problems at the time, so I just kind of let it go. So. Oh, you let it go. Yeah, I let it go. And it got worse. It got worse. Because you weren't brushing as much as you should. Oh, no, parts. no. I was brushing. It was just the the old filling was garbage. It fell out. and Yeah, but I mean, like, so, the, so the old cavity got worse because, it, you know, yeah. the filling makes sure other bacteria and bullshit doesn't get in there. So now I got to get a tooth extracted. Oh, really? A molar? Yeah. Lower molar? Yeah. 
back here. It's that bad? It's like abscessed? It's going to suck. Was it hurting a lot? It doesn't hurt. Then why did you get a pulled? Because there's absolutely... Cause I'm not getting that much deeper into my, med- my, my, my dental health. I'm not going to show you this tooth, but this tooth is... It basically doesn't exist. Oh, it's like rotted down. It's not rotted. It's it, Well, yeah. Basically, where the old cap, uh, filling was, it fell out, and basically I cracked that molar. Oh, you That's cra- what happened. Oh. Yeah, it was. It's not like I bit down and... So you can't even get a crown. You no, have to get rid of no, it. No, no, no. It's got to go. It's got to fucking go. Have you had a tooth pulled before? I have. I have. I've had all my wisdom teeth out. It's actually not not horrible. You get a tooth, tooth pulled. It's not my favorite thing. It's just in the world. it's just feeling the tension of the pliers as a guy like fucking wrenches it out. It's That's, very strange. But it doesn't. But it doesn't hurt. No. At that doesn't. point, it's just like, you know, just um, some weirdness. I've been in dentist in eight years. Mm. Besides when I had to have a cap put back in, I have two caps because of a hockey accident that I predicted psychically that happened back in two thousand two before. Uh, excuse me, 2004. It was like two months before Spider-Man 2 came out. I, re- I knew that because because I was I was like Jones in for Spider-Man 2. Everyone was. Um, I also I also have a, a bridge from a, 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 a lower tooth that never came up in. So anyway, so I've been the dentist in, in eight years. I, I I feel dentists are one step above chiropractors. Uh, you, there are really good ones and really bad ones. There are ones that uh, will tell you what's proper and ones that are recommend horseshit in order to get you to pay money to alter your teeth or pull them or to get them filled when you don't need to. Because I've heard that from different dentists. Some dentists are like, yeah, some cavities are natural. You don't need to get them filled. Others will do a preemptive strike and have them filled, even if you may not need to have them filled. That came from a dentist told me that. Um, And dentists also have scare tactics when you go in. So we had a local dentist that my sister and I went to. It was only about a mile away from our house. Um, And he was, we feared him. We feared him because he would, in order to see if you were brushing your gums, Ian, he would unwrap one of those, you know, those like nice 10 cent rough as hell. You could, you could, uh, you know, you, you could take, take strip metal, uh, toothbrushes, dry ass toothbrushes. Yeah, those are my favorite ones for yes. cleaning uh, yes. controllers at the store. Yes. So, uh, imagine that same, uh, toothbrush, the ones that they give to you when you enter prison, um, those toothbrushes, um, Rubbing it against your gums to demonstrate, hey, why are your gums bleeding here? Your gums shouldn't be bleeding. Uh, doctor, they weren't bleeding before you did that. And usually you moisten a toothbrush before you brush your teeth. Like even a soft bristle toothbrush, uh, you might uh, risk uh, harming your gums if, if it's not, you know, some water on there. Um, but so we were horrified at the dentist, like horrified. He, 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 he was, uh, he was um, not a pleasant dentist. So, but anyway, I, anyway, so I, I I brush my teeth twice a day, sometimes three times, and I use a water pick. Everyone should get a water pick. They're like twenty five bucks only. It's better than flossing. It knocks out tartar. You do that regularly, and you do Listerine. You don't have to go to the dentist as often if you, if you're disciplined. If you're disciplined, and you have to have strong bones as well. So the other part of my weekend, as I look at a fly here, was the fly apocalypse two thousand twenty. Uh, it started about I want to say last Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I just noticed a, lot, well, noticed a lot more flies in my house. I'm not sure why. We've, we did have a, a very humid, um, very humid August, more than usual for a couple weeks. Sure. I'm not sure if that was. I never had a lot of flies here before. Um, and then, so I killed like five flies. I thought it was the end of it. Sometimes I leave the door open. They're smart. They escape. So I got up one morning and there was like 20 flies along my my backsliding last door. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Where are, where are these flies coming from? Where are they coming from? Um, so the best tool to kill all these flies I found was it was a um, was a t-shirt that you basically fold over and you swing it like a purse. 
because you get more surface area than a fly swatter, and it's really damaging, shocks them. But these fuckers, they can come back to life in like 10 seconds. They have that exoskeleton, they come back. So I've literally killed Ian, over the, as I saw a fly in the room here. Um, I've killed probably 80 to 90 flies the past five or six days. That's not even an exaggeration. Oh, I believe it. It's been, a, it's been, it's, it's been f- f- fly to side here. At Castle Country. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know where they're coming from. Like, they're not gathering around anything to eat. They're just hanging out. They're, like, they're getting in somehow and can't get out. No, they're just, they're here. That's that's where they are. Uh, uh, every summer in, in Ocean Beach, it can be like that. Uh, I don't get a fly. I don't have a fry, fry. I don't have a fly problem at my current apartment, which is where I've lived for like the past 12 years. But the apartment I lived in, in the heart of Ocean Beach... Um, when I moved here, uh, every summer the flies would just be uh, maddening, and I like I have trouble sleeping as it is. But if there's a fly buzzing around, fucking forget it. I well, cannot. I've learned through my fly research the past week they have different personalities. Mm. Some some fear humans. Some don't give a shit and they'll buzz you. Like this guy right here was who just mocked me here. Your next fly if you're around here. Because you're one of the last ones today. But uh, that's the thing. I, I, would, I would get rid of them all, Ian. Oh, before I go to sleep, oh, there's none left. And there's like six the next morning. I'm like, well, I don't know where they're coming from. Have you know. seen those salt guns for flies? Salt gun? No. Uh, I saw an ad for one the other you, you day. Shoot, you shoot the flies like a zapper? Yeah, it's like a it's like a gun that shoots like salt I don't know pellets? like a, like a quarter, like, like like a, like an eighth of a teaspoon of salt, and it just fucking obliterates them. Yeah. But then you got fly parts you got to pick up. Yeah, I mean I don't I, I don't see it as being. <laughs> I don't like, say it like that. I don't like see it as being particularly great because then you got to clean up the salt. But um, seems fun. Seems fun, but yes, not <laughs> like as, not as not as effective as just using a. I, I'm 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 deadly with a swatter, but the, the surface area is small though. Lightning fucking quick. Pat. But then you got the juices. You got so fast. You got You got to clean just off. the quickest. Anyways, yeah. What are you, Daniel son with the chopsticks? Yeah, you doing that salt gun? There it is, the salt gun. Yeah, but so that plus some flies will bite you. There's some, like so oh, yeah. I, I, had, I had a big welt in my shoulder. I'm like, what the hell is that? So it's not a mosquito. I don't have mosquitoes here. It was a fly that bit me while I was probably sleeping somewhere yeah i, I so. got bit by a black fly in the adirondacks once and that thing fu- those like, like a horse fucking, fly one of those big horse flies hurt yeah remember the big horse those are more back east the big horse flies like those things are brutal if you get bit by those you just go to the beach just be if anyone not from the east coast you go to the beach there'd be big horse flies that could bite you you had to watch out for it. yeah it's ridiculous i don't mind um like i don't kill spiders because spiders are our friends and my spider friend took out two of those bastards i saw the spider sunk his teeth into a couple of them just a little clear a little Beige Spider got a couple of them from He's like, good, good on you, Spider. Nice. I allow you. You're my helper. You're my ally. Way to go, yeah. Spider. Yeah, spiders are our friends. Don't kill spiders. They, they kill all the other nasty-ass bugs that are, that are around here. So, yeah, so that was my weekend. I also um, I wrote my Quake 64 review. I wrote that one for the for the certain guidebook. Um, then I started playing uh, yesterday. Uh, I'm doing the Midway compilation. Uh, yet. Uh, yet. Uh, yet. Not yet. Now I'm not you glitching. I'm glitching. You glitching? I'm glitching. I'm glitching like I'm glitching like the N64 emulators. Having a fucking glitch over there. You know those perfect. You know people got. You know people got on me how I said like good emulation was years away for N64, and people would counter by like, oh I can play Zelda and Mario Kart 64. Yeah, but try playing the games no one plays on an N64 emulator, and a lot of them aren't emulated perfectly. Not even close. Like nope. a fucking Midway compilation pack. Or you can't even use the save state, Ian, on it. When you come back, you try to get out of it, and then like you hear the game playing, but you don't see it. Woof. It's not emulated perfectly, the N64. I'm not incorrect on that assessment. 
It's not close to a Super Nintendo or NES. Not close. I'm suffering right now trying to do this. And the other writers are too. But, you know, we'll get through it. So anyway, Ian, that's what's going on my weekend. All right. I'm trying to think of anything else that happened. No, but you know what's happened in the NBA 2K21 scene? Hmm. Cheats using controller mods. Oh, boy. I know I know. we talk about NBA 2K so much on the CU podcast. Final start, game one, Heat and Lakers on Wednesday. So what's going on here? So this is reported from Forbes. You know they like covering NBA 2K stuff. I don't know. So there's an aim mechanic. Forbes is one of those blog sites where, like Medium, where you can just write something. It has nothing to do with just money anymore. And business is just anything. No, no, and anyone can write. It's not like there's a person there writing about it. It's I need a place to put my shit, so I'm going to put it up. Really? It's like it's like a medium thing. It's kind of like a medium thing. Yes. Really? When did that happen? It happened a while back. I'm not saying all Forbes articles are like that, but there is a Forbes blog that is like that. It basically just operates like a medium. Oh, speaking of that, Ian, we might have to. Well, when I said medium. I checked the Atari VCS medium. Mm-hmm. There was a new update yesterday. Oh, shit. What is it? What do we got? Update. They are shipping out the backer units. Oh. We have a product coming out. The shipment... In, uh, it's go to medium.com slash at Atari VCS. Somehow that works in there. The shipment includes the one-time only Indiegogo exclusive Atari VCS 800 Collector's Edition model, inspired and design. Bubble, shut up. There will only be 6,000 number ready to go. Presented here for the first time are assembly line photos of the, of the actual Atari VCS 800 Collector's Edition units. So they're, they're fucking strapping these things together in, in the plant in China. They're putting them together. Oh, they have a cool hologram sticker. Okay, I like that. Uh, is that is that how they're, they're individually numbered? You know, the 80s style hol- silver yeah. hologram stickers are doing that. It's it's a product. We see it. They're on a pallet. They're ready to go. All right. Well, I guess that's um, the best thing we can say about it. Thousands of Atari VCS systems waiting to be trucked to the port. They're there. It's real. It's coming out this year. Unlike their competitor um, in the console war, they're going to be out there. It's so funny. I guess this is how it works when you work when you have something made in China. You have like the plant floor that I guess you that you buy like. Those are the people working. And there's an Atari thing hung above, the, I guess, to designate this part of the warehouse is the Atari people working. Because mm. two two rows over might be another product entirely. Sure. You know, so anyway. But anyways, NBA 2K21 controller cheats. Uh, yeah, people are basically reassigning the shot function to a button, I guess, as opposed to a stick. So the aim mechanic was created in NBA 2K to eliminate the advantages or disadvantages that stem from the inevitable latency issue with online play. Um, so that is being, uh, people are working their way around that with modified controllers, which is how people have been cheating on consoles forever. I've talked about it briefly on the 360. That's how people used to cheat on Call of Duty was with modified controllers. So it used to be the this, this stick, like you push it in order to shoot it. I guess. Which was new to the series. And now people are, are putting it on the L1. So when they click it, I guess it's automatically timed so it releases a shot at the peak to... to that's how most basketball games in the history of time have always been. Like, if you jump, if you release at the peak of your jump, you have a higher chance of making the shot. So I guess that's automated now on these mods. So now this is screwing up people, especially when you play online. Yeah. It's a, it's a form of cheating. Basically. This is why I don't like to play online. This is why I... That's why you just like people in general. I don't like people in general, because they're all cheats. They're all vicious, <laughs> they're all awful, and cheats. awful cheats. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with uh, them in any way, shape, or form. So the reactions are, are obviously not good. Uh, to this, um, one, one so, so someone said on Twitter, "This is so sad. If true, shake my head." So to all my shooters that play the game right now, people will question if you are cheating or not. 
shrug, and to all the cheater, cheating mofos out there, middle finger, you all 100. Um, someone said, listen, you have to take the whole shot stick aiming and shot stick boost shooting out of the game. People are, are using modded controllers and remapping the right stick to a button, so it's always center. Oh, I see. So you click down the button, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep the fucking right stick center and click it? That's how you're shooting? That sounds awful. An awful mechanic to do that. Like, what's it? What? That's that's that that that's an effective latency that that counters latency. I don't know. Oh no, I'm not going to talk too much more about it because I don't really know a whole lot about it. But um, yeah, you know, there's cheaters out there. Beware of the cheaters. That's what the, they should bring back the old show. Instead of having people cheating at each other, you approach. You know, you, you bust it on some 15 year old with a modded Call of Duty controller. <laughs> that would that's be kind you, of fun. You know, the, the mom the mom turns them in there. Uh, the, the 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 switch is family f- fun friendly family family friends family family but they're bringing a controversial old uh, t- fucking 23 year old game that i have to age verify to see on the switch site which is funny yes the original postal is uh the original re- postal is uh being uh remastered and it's getting a uh port on the switch uh it's funny we kind of talked about this before on the podcast i mentioned that after uh various dating simulators and things got up on the eShop. Um, including a strip poker game, that it was funny to see this sort of stuff on Nintendo systems because Nintendo was always the, uh, when we were younger, the family-friendly system. And that changed after Mortal Kombat, and they got their clocks cleaned uh, with the Mortal Kombat 1 sales on the Super Nintendo. But to see a a company that used to be so uh, focused on... Um, you know, basically sanitizing everything that was released for it. It is now funny to have the Nintendo Switch where we can download a, or purchase a physical copy of um, Night Trap. We're getting Postal. We've got uh, games with exposed anime cleavage. Uh, you know, was so, that, like, like, like the Gal Shoot game? With, uh, with Gal Gun. Gal Gun, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, was it, well, the interesting difference is that most of these are digital releases for the most part. And it's not like Nintendo are like really promoting these darker titles right people know sure. they exist but they're not like putting them on their indie direct indie, remember medicine in like a nintendo direct saying hey postal redux with that happy announcer shoot innocent people <laughs> you know like that's never going to happen so nintendo's having their key, cake and eating it too which i'm all for sure it's still a family-friendly console but yeah put on this other stuff on the digital store and if you know it exists you go and you buy it like there's no reason not to do that so this is what i say about postal I'd have never liked this game, and not because of the, you know, the fact that you can, like, whatever, shoot innocent people, whatever. It's just, to me, a boring-ass game. I remember playing it, and I was like, I played it for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Fly, you bastard. You're mocking me. Um, and I just didn't have fun with it. It was okay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I remember playing it when it first came out and being like, all right, this is, yeah, it's, it's the shock It's for value. shock value. You can, you can, like, you can, like... You can execute people, go on their knees, and they go, oh, don't kill me, you shoot them. It's like, oh, that's shocking for 97, but it's not a good game. At least to me, it's it's usually what you have a single zone or screen and you and you, you shoot people and like above way bird's eye view. That's what it is. Maybe when it came out, people were more impressed by it. Then was it was it Postal Two the first person shooter one? That's the first person shooter one, yeah. And at that point, they got more wacky than they did the mm-hmm. movie with Ubol or whatever. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. Twin, it's oh, I don't know. It was a twin stick shooter on the computer. I just played it with a, I think a gamepad. I think I played on the computer or a mouse and keyboard. I forget. I guess as a twin stick shooter, it might be a little more fun then. If you can, like, strafe and, like, and, and walk behind and be like... Uh, that would probably work better at the very least. Yeah, it'd be, it, then it's more like Smash TV. 
God, I love Smash TV. So anyway, all right, check it out. I guess I don't know or don't. <laughs> all right, uh, the Navy isn't having having fun with their esports stuff. Uh, this uh, Vice article details uh, the marketing firm. They paid a marketing firm two million dollars, and it hasn't done well. When we talked about the military not having good time on Twitch, people trolling them. Um, some people are thinking they shouldn't be on Twitch to try to uh, promote military and possibly. Well, it's not just trolling. They were fucking sending, like, doing fake giveaways and sending people to recruitment sites. It's not like they were innocent. I didn't say they're innocent. They, I mean, they're it, not Britney uh, Spears in 1999. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, so this article just details them just throwing away our tax dollars um, when it comes to this about trying to recruit with esports team. I'm going to say this about 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 the, the military trying to do this. I, I don't think... I, I don't see them gaining large numbers of potential recruits from from infiltrating esports. I just don't see that being the same same type of person that would be like, oh, I want to play a bunch of video games. Now I'm going to sign up for the Navy next week. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that, at least with the esports thing. I don't see that happening. Uh, you know, I, I just don't. But, I mean, well, I, guess, I guess we'll see if it works out. They're investing millions of dollars so, members of the U.S. Navy esports team have repeatedly said they are not recruiters. This is technically true because a recruiter is a specific assignment in the Navy. <laughs> We're here to show that we play video games literally. Machinist mate first class Andrew Salty Snipe, I like that name, Salty Snipe Crosswhite said <laughs> during an early Navy stream. We're not here to recruit. This is not the point of this. Well, it's, it's to let you know that the Navy exists, I guess, which they do in commercials and, and on TV and during, the, you know, I guess that's what they do. Um, the distinction between building brand awareness and active recruiting is at odds with most viewers' perception of the Navy's presence on Twitch. If recruiting isn't the end goal of building brand awareness, then what is it? Well, it's awareness, is of course. According to the work order between Young and Rubicam, that's, that's this marketing firm, it was to develop a specific e-gaming strategy that includes partnering and collaborating with entities involved in the e-gaming industry, allowing for Navy-branded content pushed to those who follow these sports. The messaging will here will put the Navy brand on various... Uh, fuck, it's for brand awareness! Yeah, yes. so you increase awareness. It's, it's marketing. That's why you do this stuff. That's why you fucking sponsor, you know, uh, sporting events and things. It's frustrating. Don't waste my taxpayers' do- dollars on fucking Twitch streams hiring. They hi- Another problem was they hired people to stream for them that weren't in the military. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that were assholes, it seemed like. Yeah, that's your big problem. They didn't... They, I mean, they didn't even see who the fuck was doing this shit representing them it, and why i mean obviously like you said it's for awareness but why would you put up a streaming channel and then hire out like it just doesn't make sense yeah i, I kind of almost understand okay we have an esports team and people in the navy playing the game how do you have time to, to get good at these games if you're if you're in the military if you're if you're working i don't know i guess in your time off but anyway um but they met, but some of these people play these these games like for 15 16 hours a day or more to get on these esports teams but um i understand almost understand that having a, like the team but the twitch thing to me is just bizarre having like the this oh we have a, a, the, the air force channel like, that's just weird yeah it's strange everyone's got them i get it i get it i get it it's for it's for the kids you want to be hip i get it it's not always a good use of your time or money though so all right, anything else to add to that? No. All right. Um, you want to talk about our pal, Art of Nintendo? Our friend, uh, uh, Art of Nintendo, uh, Art of Nintendo Power, Art of NP on Twitter, Stefan, uh, good human, 
uh, all around. Good, good, uh, good recently, human. good human all around. Recently got a batch of prototypes and also got a uh, Nintendo World Championships cart, a gray one, uh, number three forty one that has not been seen yet. Um, From so an ex Nintendo employee, obviously all this stuff came right. Uh, so it's a brand new entry, uh, which is always exciting. It's not one that has been known. And, Pretty good condition. Uh, yeah, really nice shape. Rivals that pack cart for condition there. Don't start swinging your penis around. Swing my, my 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 NWC peen. <laughs> NWC peen, really? Uh, so anyway, so he revealed it on on Twitter. It's it's uh, let's see, it's five ten. It's sixteen prototypes. That's a, that's a lot of prototypes Shit that load. are all, probably at this point all in good old Frank Cifaldi's hand, mining them for for the goodies inside. You know, this is Christmas for for Frank. Um, so this is this is the list that was supplied to me from Stefan. Top Gear on Super Nintendo, and the rest are NES. Ready? Mm-hmm. Dragon Warrior Two, mm-hmm. TNC Surf Two. I'm actually kind of interested to see if the, how if that was different from, from from how it ended up. Maybe you got uh, a cool cat in a tuxedo in that version. Hopefully, <laughs> um, Nintendo World Cup Soccer. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I like that one because that's not really you know Nintendo game. Uh, Blaster Master. Uh, Thundercade, most average of games ever. Uh, Will Harvest the Immortal. Yeah. Ian's. NES Open Golf, that would be interesting to see if there's any differences. Uh, it would be because the Japanese and the U.S. versions are very different from oh, they each are. other. Yeah, so okay. that would be very interesting to see. Mega Man 4, uh, Final Fantasy, but a Final ROM, so that's more like a sample. Uh, play Action Football, Dr. Mario, non-Final ROM. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Ultimate Air Combat, Uncommon Game. My One of my favorites on the system, Rampart. Now, this is probably... Okay, Ninja Gaiden 3. Hopefully, that's the version that isn't as hard that they made it here for some reason. Right. And the most important one, and probably the most exciting one of the, of the batch, is a non-final ROM of Final Fantasy. So that could be interesting. So you have a final one and a non-final Final Fantasy. Non-final Final a non-final Fantasy. Non-final Final Fantasy. There. So this is this is great. We're in the golden age of game preservation. People are realizing this stuff's important. Everyone's getting the word out. You have people on Twitter. You have people, idiots on podcasts like like us saying this is important. Maybe we shame here and there to, to, to hopefully get this stuff out there. But, hey, I'm just saying, hey, we, we shamed a couple of times and there's less of those situations happening now. That's all I'm saying. Call us the preservation sons of liberty right here. You know, we're, we're the ones pouring scalding hot tea down people's throats <laughs> uh, when it comes to game preservation. You, you need assholes like Ian and I to do that. Ian and me. Anyway. So, um, no, this is great. It's fantastic news. Me and Ian. Ian and I. Ian, Ian and I, me, if Ian. it's after the, after the preposition, it's yeah. Ian and me. After, after the verb, I'm sorry. Not preposition. I'm tired still. Two weeks in a row, I'm tired. I had the last breakfast sandwich that I ordered a week ago. It was still good. The big one last night. I think that's what it is. After I eat the breakfast sandwiches from Dunkin' Donuts, yummy as hell. The next day, I'm, I'm like, like just dragging ass. It's all the carbs. There is a lot of carbs in a bagel, surprisingly. That's not surprising at all. But it's like four it's like all so, carbs. But it's like double bread, the carbs in a bagel. They yeah. like pack it in. That nice, that nice that shell. D- delicious nice, chewiness. That sh- I like the shell better. <sighs> that shell is so good on a bagel. Fucking love bagels. Imagine There's if bread no, had a shell like that, like a regular piece of bread. Well, I guess they do on the edges, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing It's not the same all. thing as an egg shell. No, it's completely different. And not all bagel shells are egg shells. Just egg bagels are. Oh, no, I mean like the egg shell. I, I, I know, it's not... That's not what I meant, Ian. But egg bagels are fucking delicious. Good morning. They're so delicious and, and sweet. Tuesday morning. You like a good egg bagel? Uh, I love an egg bagel. Sesame is my favorite bagel. I like an everything bagel because you know if you want garlic or onion. I want everything. Fuck it. Everything is really good, but more often than not, I will just take a sesame bagel. Love them. Love me a sesame bagel. Perfection. 
And then you piss hot for poppy seeds. Fuck. That's a opium. poppy seed bagel, not a sesame oh. seed bagel. I even said it. I got it hence, wrong. Hence the word sesame. <laughs> but I knew it while I was saying it. Poppy seed. You like po- I don't like poppy seed bagels. Mom mom used to buy... Uh, mom. I do, but my mom, we, not your mom. Your teeth. You, you, I said mom like it was, I was like our mother. Mom, collected uh, mom. Mom, mom used to... after uh, We used to go to Sunday Mass at uh, 10.30. Sunday Mass. And then she'd stop by and, you know, because we didn't like go out to eat ever... But we we treat ourselves. We'd have Sunday maker sandwiches, and we, she'd buy poppy seed uh, buns at the local food town. Ooh, always had fresh. Uh, in New Jersey, for some reason, well, there was a lot more Italian bakeries. You you have more stuff. I think they got from the Italian bakeries and local bakeries. I don't know if the lot was made in house, but um, the 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 rolls were delicious. So we'd buy the rolls and fresh cold cuts, and we'd we'd pig out Sunday uh, Sunday midday. We would have like sandwiches and that watch and watch the Giants obliterate the Buffalo Bills. In the late eighties or late nineties, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, so uh, but they're doing good this year. With Josh Allen, three and zero, three and zero, and the Giants are going to be like one in fifteen after this year. Uh, anyway, so what were we saying about our mom? Um, <laughs> bagels, bagels, poppy seeds, poppy seeds, poppy seeds are not sesame seeds. I like sesame seeds better than. I don't think poppy seeds. Poppy seeds just add texture, not really taste that much. There's a little bit of taste to poppy seeds. If, you know what I mean? Like, sesame seeds have more of a... They're bigger. Like, poppy seeds are small. Good observation. <laughs> so there's less taste per square inch than a, than a sesame seed. Well, am I wrong? No, you're right. Um, but there's probably more poppy seeds on a poppy seed bagel than there are sesame seeds on a sesame seed So it evens seed out. Bagel. So it evens out. You're getting the same coating. You're getting the same surface area of, of, of seed to shell. Seed to shell ratio. Seed to shell ratio. Do you think there's a reason why McDonald's never did poppy seeds, but they did went for the sesame seed bun? They uh, want people pissing hot for opium. Maybe. What is the history on the sesame seed bun? What, what is the history on the sesame seed bun? <laughs> Who invented it? It was some guy in like Philadelphia in 1897 or what have you. Here, um, finally, Ian White, look up, look that up. Our favorite streaming service, Quibi, uh, seems to have taken a turn. Uh, latest variety article is that they are actively and this is like f- f- five to six months into an, its existence uh, being, they're actively looking to be uh, purchased they're looking to sell the company no shit they're looking to sell itself how how are you going to sell quibi hey this was a really hey. bad idea that you've watched collapse in real time we have c grade content you might want to buy <laughs> that no one else like wants buy it? on their streaming service that they rejected uh, they did win. They did win some Emmys. Uh, I didn't see. They won about. I think they won like two Emmys and are nominated for ten. I didn't see for what. Um, okay, if you didn't know what Quibi was again, um, they raised one point seven seven one point seven five billion dollars from major studios and other investors. Um, the studios then were, got the money back because they paid the studios to make content. So it was like not right. even really an investment. We kind of discussed that in the past. So it's like a semi investment. It's like free money, found money for them. So. And, of course, this isn't for anyone on the planet, this streaming service. This is why they're doing so poorly. Untested business model. Uh, they've had a weak subscriber uh, tr- uh, uh, transition from the... from the. You, you had it free for a month before you had to buy it, or two months, whatever it was. The, uh, notably, Quibi doesn't own any of the content on its service. Oh, I did not know that. Oh. It has seven-year licenses on its short-form series, and after two years, content owners have the right to assemble the shows and distribute them elsewhere. Oh, Quibi sounds better all the fucking time. <laughs> Are you joking? 
Wow, these studios Holy have shit. you over a barrel, uh, Katzenberg, and and uh, yeah. Holy shit! They're leasing the content that they're that they're that they're paying for. It's they don't even own it. That's that's wild. Yeah, that's special. So then, after two years, if it was worthy to do that, they could then go put it on Netflix or on Hulu potentially if they wanted to. What a garbage, garbage idea for for a streaming service. I'm not even going to try to hold back. No, it's it's absolutely. This is batshit crazy, Katzenberg. Dog shit, crazy. And and uh, Whitman from HP. Holy God! So they're trying to sell it. They're considering trying to raise money through funding or launching an IPO. That's funny. Got a little dangly on your chin. It's gone a tissue dangly or a dead fly that I slaughtered? One of the two. Um, Quibi did not confirm or deny the journal report here. There's some variety. We did not comment on a rumor or speculation. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey and Meg Whitman are committed to continuing to build the business in the way that gives the greatest experience for customers, greatest value for shareholders, and greatest opportunity for employees. But there's Woo! no opportunity. <laughs> it's... Woo! I mean, I, 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 I mean, making it open on the internet's not going to help them. But I feel like that, at the very least, that's what they've got to do. They cannot keep it locked to cell phone use. They've hit thirty percent of its original target. That's their internal numbers. Ooh. Um, so again, this was five bucks a month with ads, eight bucks a month without ads to watch content locked on your phone that they're now finally trying to get onto smart TVs and Roku's and things like that. And, um, and by the way, yeah, it's, it's, it's grade C content. A lot of the stuff I've read in one article was stuff that was pitched at one point probably to Hulu or Amazon prime or Netflix. And like, no, we don't want this shit. We don't want these ideas. And and they go to Quibi. So yeah. Uh, and they're also getting sued by um, interactive video company Eco, which accuses Quibi of misappropriating trade secrets and infringing two patents along the way. Cool. Not saying there's any, you know, I'm not sure there's any validity to that. Who knows? We'll see. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't, but it's something that they have to watch out for. So there's a cut there. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, um, on the, at the Primetime Emmy Awards on Sunday, host Jimmy Kimmel roasted Quibi, calling it the dumbest thing to ever cost a billion dollars. But they won an Emmy. So there you go. Uh, before we move into the uh, full podcast, I did just want to say that while I did not uh, come up with any uh, history of the sesame seed bun yet, um, on average... Oh, the poppy I thought you were looking for. No, sesame. Oh, you want, okay, okay. Sesame. On average, 178 sesame seeds on a uh, McDonald's Big Mac bun. Oh, they're, they're, if that was a poppy, it'd be like a thousand. Yeah. Poppies are so so tiny. Yeah, exactly. They have poppy seed um, hot dog buns, really? I did not know that. Must be a thing like the Midwest or back east. Uh, I, I uh, had one of those in Chicago. Uh, people ask on, on Google, why do they put poppy seeds on buns? Poppy seeds add a distinct nutty, earthy flavor to the bun itself, yeah. said Stephanie Powell, director of marketing for Alpha Baking. <laughs> Well, and then and then if you look at so the same question is here: Why are sesame seeds on buns? Sesame seeds add texture, visual appeal, flavor, and contrasting color to a plain brown bun. It's a minor flavor. It's uh, they yeah. give the impression that the burger is more interesting than the average yes, burger, that's and what it therefore is. more appealing to diners. It it's looks just a better. visual thing. Yeah, yeah. no poppy. You know what? Poppy seed buns. I take back. There is more of an earthy flavor in that. One thing about it. it is it is a little sure. bit different than a regular one, and you might get a buzz from the opium. Who knows? 
All right, we're on to the main podcast. Ian. Yes, Patrick. Game streaming is all the rage. Streaming in general. You know how well Google Stadia has been doing the past yeah. year. So uh, Amazon has announced oh. their own streaming service oh. called Luna. <laughs> Might have a little problem there, but Uh-oh, trademark, Ian. Trademark. Uh, trademark might follow that lawsuit. So, um, Luna is going to be a streaming service from Amazon. It's going to be $5.99 a month during its early access phase, uh, which gives subscribers the ability to play Luna Plus channel games across two devices simultaneously. It offers 4K 60 frame per second resolution for select titles. Naturally, it will be powered by AWS, Amazon's ubiquitous web platform. That's from The Verge. Yeah, um, like, like half the fucking websites on the planet are powered by AWS. It, yeah. It's a lot. So um, basically this, they, they don't go through and say how much the games are going to retail for, but basically this sounds like it's going to be um, a Stadia sort of deal um, where if you pay five ninety nine a month, you'll, there'll be, uh, you know, a, a, some freebies, a plus option. There'll be freebies. Um, it doesn't go into much about whether or not there'll be a free version or what the pricing will be for standalone games. It does say that there will be more than 100 games available including Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale, The Surge 2, Ukulele, Grid, Abzu, Brothers Tale, Two Sun, Blood, etc., etc., etc. One thing that they do bring up that's interesting is that they say that there's going to be... Um, there's going to be specific gaming there uh, specific gaming channels for certain publishers. So they're talking okay. about doing one with Ubisoft first. Um, players who subscribe to this channel will have access to their favorite Ubisoft titles in up to 4K resolution, mobile gameplay, and access to new titles when the channel launches, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, and Immortals: Phoenix Rising, the same day they release. First of multiple channels that are going to be similar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so they don't also go into enough detail here. But what it sounds like is there will be separate channels that you can probably subscribe to for a fee that would probably give you access to those um, specific publisher games, those publishers, like, like, like EA Origin sort of service, sort yes. of thing. So, that's that, sort well, that's of smarter. That that's a smarter idea um, than people who are really into like the Ubisoft games could probably for a much lower price, or you know, for a monthly. F- price would get access to those games um what sounds like the day they release as opposed to having to go out and buy a 60 dollars title if you're subscribed to that channel uh it sounds like we're not entirely sure that you would get access to that so that's interesting um the response to this announcement though was uh not particularly great uh Stadia has not done much of anything to excite people, uh, and the companies that do offer streaming, um, you know, uh, game streaming, also tend to offer the downloading of the games. So, like Sony's PlayStation sure. Now, for the most part, not all the games, but most of them offer a download option. Um, uh, and I believe uh, the Xbox streaming service does as well. But if not, there's. So Amazon announced this. On, so on Twitter, this was announced, and uh, well, they well they had their Amazon sort of tech uh, conference sure. where they like announced stuff like a security drone that flies around your house, uh, which was interesting. Too much, you know, futuristic. Yeah, terrifying. Nibel <laughs> um, Nibelian, a, a Twitter user who often uh, who has about two hundred thousand followers and posts a lot of video game stuff. Posted this, linked to the Verge uh, article, and then replied afterwards. I see people are absolutely pumped for this. You go through these replies and... Where do you see these at? Uh, it's on Twitter. Okay, I don't have a link to that. Um, 
Damn you, Ian. But the replies are just like, immediately, hope it flops with a thumbs up. Can we stop with the cloud gaming? I think we have enough. Uh, well, okay. Thumbs down, yes. I, 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 I understand I, that because Google Stadia is a train wreck. They're I all going to be that. a train wreck, and I don't think AWS is going to fix it. We're not at the point where this is well, viable. The difference is this. Amazon doesn't like things to fail. They're not, they don't have the Google mindset up, we're going to give up on this. Amazon has the money. And they have the, the, the patience for this. Most importantly, they have Twitch, which is this is going to be integrated with. And the integration itself gives them more of an incentive to keep it going, to push it, because if they have streamers that can stream all this stuff on there, it's like you're advertising both things at the same time. So that's where it's, I think it's a lot different than Google Stadia. I'm not saying it's going to be great off, off, the, off the get-go. You're still going to have, like you said, you're, you're going to have latency issues here and there. But there's a better reason for this to exist if I'm Amazon, then Google Stadia because of the Twitch integration itself. That's a big selling point, I think. That it might be to some people. Let's put it this way. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's too many streamers to support this. But if I'm a streamer, you know, and like when you stream, streaming is brutal and you have to have the, the newest and latest game to have an audience. If, if Amazon is providing me a, a service where I can get some of these games for free, potentially with a subscription service, I don't have to shell out 60 bucks over and over again every other week, potentially, or, or every month for a new game. Maybe I can buy this service, and I can get it, and I can stream it on Twitch, and then it works if I'm a, I'm a Twitch streamer, and I'm advertising the game. Obviously, you can't have your business based off of Twitch streamers, but that's something. It's something that could work I, there. I, I think there are definitely more bells and whistles with this that make it more appealing than Google Stadia, but they can want game streaming to work all they want. The technology's not there yet. The technology's not there yet. But, they, okay, there's the AWS having the cloud is one thing, but then inter, people's internet connection is the other. They yes. have the technology to run it, but do people have the technology to receive it competently? Obviously, that's, that's the difference there. Uh, let's talk about the controller real quick. It's, 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 it's different than the Google Stadia one. Um, it, ha- it has the two sticks in different areas. Uh, obviously, it has everything else you can expect from any controller made in the past uh, 15 years. It has your D-pad. It has four face buttons. It has a home button, a volume button, or whatever. It has four triggers on there. Um, that's going to be $50 with early access, period. Luda controller is an Alexa-enabled device. Okay, that's interesting. I guess you can talk to it to get to start things up. Connects directly to the cloud to effortlessly control your game. It features a multiple antenna design that prioritizes uninterrupted Wi-Fi for low, lower latency gaming. Our testing showed a reduction in round-trip latency when playing Luna controller with Cloud Direct versus Luna controller via Bluetooth. It, that's a little interesting if that's different technology using cloud Wi-Fi versus Bluetooth. Reductions of between 17 to 30 milliseconds among PCs, Fire TV, and Mac. Because the Luna controller connects directly to cloud servers, players can easily switch between screens such as Fire TV to mobile phone without additional pairing or configuration changes. There, that's something Stadia doesn't have, and that's actually pretty cool. It is. It's interesting. It's something It's something new. Um, the other thing is that I believe this is also going to be available on iOS. So it that, is, because from what I was reading, it runs through the website, not through an app. So that's something you couldn't get, you can't get Google Stadia, I don't think, on that. Uh, no, app. I think you can. Uh, the X, the Xbox. Um, xCloud? Uh, xCloud will not run. You can't do xCloud on the iOS because it requires an app that they do not have on the app gotcha. store. I believe Stadia can be... I believe Stadia is the same way. I believe Stadia Google can Stadia. be done through iOS. iOS app. Let's see. I don't think it's an app. That's what I'm getting at. I think it's just done through the website, so I don't think you need an app. 
Apple is confirming it won't allow services like Google Stadia on its platform for iPhone or iPad users. Well, all right. That came out August 7th. So there you go. This is already, I think, way ahead of Stadia. And like I said, I think this will, will not be dropped by Amazon anytime soon. They're not like Google say, well, this sucks. We're going to get rid of it. I'm not saying they're not going to support it. I just don't think it's anything to be excited about. Certainly not. Right I'm now. not personally excited. Not I just yet. think this has a better shot of relevance than Google Stadia. Oh, yeah. Google Stadia is not going to have... I mean, it's lasted longer than I bet, I guessed. But, um, yeah, I don't see Google Stadia sticking around. Uh, or, or at least having the relevance when something like xCloud or this potentially... Um, is going to outshine it. Yeah, and maybe this is something where... The, um, maybe. Even if Google doesn't drop it, there's going to be better options. So it's already kind of pointless. And, and maybe they can they could build in something with Prime with this, to push Prime. See, that's the thing about Amazon that uh, is... is uh, the reason why Amazon does so well is everything is... Because they're evil? Yes, because they're evil, but they also do smart to integrate everything with each other. Twitch to Prime... To, to, to uh, prime streaming stuff. It's all the same ecosystem. Google doesn't have an ecosystem of no. anything that works. They tried with YouTube and with Google Plus, and obviously that failed miserably. Amazon makes smarter purchases of things, and, and they don't just throw shit against the wall. They have a plan. At least that's what I see. I mean, Jeff Bezos obviously has a plan because, you know, he's the fucking richest guy in the world. Uh, so he did something right, starting a little book selling website. So what do I know? I'm here in a podcast talking about poppy and sesame seed buns. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, yeah. So I think the controller stuff is interesting with the Wi-Fi being better than Bluetooth with the cloud. That's never heard of something like that before, but it'd be interesting to see that in practice. And it's and it's on all your devices. So there you go. I'm not saying I'm going to get it, but some people I think will. Anything else to add, Ian? No, nothing. <laughs> all right, Ian. Uh, our pal Blake Harris, uh, author of Console Wars, The History of the Future VR book. Uh, he wrote a foreword for a certain NES guidebook, and he's now currently working on a book with Larry David. That sounds incredible to be able to talk to Larry David. Um, he also produced a documentary uh, based upon the Console Wars book, which was historical fiction. It was based on interviews, but he made a narrative and dialogue on things that could have or probably happened, but you know, sure. So it's 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 fiction based upon nonfiction. It's like that weird in between. This is a, a documentary, though. It's totally a straight documentary, nonfiction with interviewees and um, a cute um, sort of video game art and cutscene uh, reenactments uh, there. So this came out console wars. Uh, we got an early early preview link. Uh, we watched it. And it's gotten good reviews. And uh, I enjoyed this documentary. It's about 90 minutes. It details... Uh, it starts at uh, Tom Kalinske uh, being hired by Sega to bring him on the flailing Genesis, who because he used to work uh, in toys and marketing in order to turn the ship around. And it goes from there and coming up with Sega and then going all the way towards it sputtering out after the disastrous release of the Sega Saturn. So it covers like six years about, six years in time here. Um, what I thought was interesting about this documentary was that they managed to get all the ex uh, Nintendo and Sega employees, and they didn't care about being honest. They didn't 
that they didn't uh, try to be nice about people from the other company that they said they didn't like them or didn't appreciate things they did. And they were totally honest. And, and that was, that was good. They were very emotive about the experiences. Even today, you can see the rivalry between them saying, Oh, that was BS. Or I can't believe they did that back then. Like, you know, the rival marketing things about, Oh, blast processing was total, you know, like bullshit. Someone from Nintendo said it. It might've been Gail Tilden said that. And it was just interesting to see the perspectives of the people that were behind the trenches going through that. Cause we were just on the playground yelling about I was, when I was, I said blast processing is, is, is bullshit when I was a kid, uh, you know, but to see the employees uh, talk about that stuff was really interesting how they how they, you know, volleyed back and forth on the battles. Um, I yeah, I watched it. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I, I I watching it, though, and you know, to go off what you said, I, I, I always wonder how much of that is. We got to make it seem like there's conflict for TV and how much of it is truly deep-seated. Do these people really still hate each other or, or, or dislike each other over business decisions from, you know, 25 years ago? Um, I, 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 I personally find it easier to separate business from from personal, and I realize that, that, that some people can't, and I realize that if it's your life and it's a big deal like it would have been back then working for these video game companies, that maybe some of these things um, do stick. Maybe grudges do hold. It's your livelihood. Yes. But I also want, yeah, but I, I you know, they, they, if, if everyone's super chummy on TV as well, it doesn't make for as good of a narrative. So yes. I do I, I do believe that there is probably still some you know bad blood there, but I wonder if it's as much as it is it, it seems to to let on. Yeah, I mean they almost got in a fight in the street. Uh, Tom Kalinske and his counterpart from Nintendo, I forget his name. Was it Peter? God, now is my one problem with the documentaries. It was hard. To Howard. Keep... It was Howard Lincoln. I'm pretty sure. It was that. Howard Lincoln? I'm pretty sure okay. it was Howard Lincoln. Um, it's hard to keep track of all the different names. It is. Yes. Like, you know, the, okay, you know, okay, that lady's from Sega. That lady's from Nintendo. He's from here. He's, but it's hard to, like, keep track of, okay, what exactly do they, have, do, they do for the company at a certain point in one of their names? I hate to say it, in, in positions. That was the only thing. Because there's, like, literally, they talked to, like, I think about five or six people representing both sides. And it keeps going back and forth uh, there. Everyone... Uh, came off you know authentic everyone uh, had had some little digs here and there except for good old uh, Howard Phillips he was just a nice you know hey everything's yeah. everything's rosy I was saying uh, Sonic was interesting and they did well like I, I love Howard Phillips that's how he is in real life though he's very it nice is. and authentic yes it was, it was good I was, I was okay meeting my hero Howard Howard Phillips they say, they say don't meet your heroes I, I don't mind meeting Howard no, Howard's, Howard's one you can meet he's yeah. very friendly very nice no I didn't meet another one that wasn't as good but Howard Phillips was a good one good hero to meet there um so, yeah, like I said, it was entertaining. I, I thought the 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 one thing about these uh, historical video game documentaries I've seen, and with way more with high score, is that, and I understand why why they do it. It's probably from the network. They have to, for some reason, find a way to constantly try to make it more over the top, funny humor stuff. And I get that they try to associate that, associate that with video games. I just wish I could see one of these documentaries that plays it a little more straight, and it's not constantly throwing in humorous stuff, either. Whether it's um, in in the, the little cutscenes or what have you. Like I said, I get it, but it still leans on oh, video games are for kids and humorous. Um, but but they were well done, and, and it wasn't all the same graphics. Like, like the problem I had with Netflix High Score was that it was all this weird early '90s PC graphics style, which didn't fit, did not fit the content. Here, it changed it up radically depending on what they were talking about. They had like Street Fighter Two, they had um, an overhead. One of my favorite things was like an overhead Pac-Man game when you had the uh, the Sega of Japan evil uh, like 
or let's say harsh, you know, uh, president running around gobbling was up the workers. Yamasan, I think. Yes, that's what it was. So, um, so like he was going around gobbling. So it was funny with his and weird his, hair going with his comb over very behind him. Very clever, very cute little interstitial cutscenes to describe the environment. But like I said, I'd love to see a documentary sort of played straighter. I don't, I don't mind drier documentaries, um, but. I, I I didn't mind the humor. the the, the humor was light enough. It, it, it's when that it, it's when the humor is very bad that I f- I find it unnecessary. But I thought it was fairly light. I didn't think it relied all that much on humor. Honestly, uh, I thought the funny parts were amusing. I liked the um, the cartoon. Uh, well, the 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 cartoon slash animated uh, intro where uh, Kolinsky is being taken to Japan. Yeah, he's uh-huh. still, in, he's still, uh, he's still, in, he's he's still shirtless. Shorts. Yeah, he's yeah, in the shorts beach. the whole time. Yeah, like he literally yeah, just got that's grabbed I mean, off I was like, beach. okay, I get it. It's, it's... I, I thought it was funny. It was cute. Um, necessary? No, but yeah, I liked it. Uh, I don't know that I thought the time warp part was necessary. Um, where they go back and talk about the beginnings of Nintendo. Yeah, about, and it, about halfway and through, it, and it and it dabbles a little on the um, it dabbles a little in the the video game crash and stuff like that. Uh, I would lo- me personally, I would love to see a video game documentary that doesn't feel the need to fucking talk about the video game crash at every opportunity. It's like the origin story in a superhero movie. We're getting to the point where every video game documentary is going to talk well, about the crash somewhat, and I realize that. It, it's an important thing to cover, and if you're covering a large span of time, if you're trying to cover multiple eras, like um, High Score did or the video game years did, you want to cover it. But I did not think that there was a need to cover it in this one. I think going into it, you could have just focused on the war, the the, the console war itself. There were things that they could have talked about that they did. I don't know that that part really made sense to well, me. Well, they just spent a lot of time on the crash. They have to mention it just because it, you have to mention that when you talk about Nintendo coming to the U.S. You have to. You have to bring that up. But but you don't. If it's about the console war, you don't have to always... You don't always well, they have want, to bring this, it up. They wanted to show that... Because when they, they present Nintendo as this giant Goliath, they wanted to go back in time to show, hey, this is how Sega used to be in the U.S. They were kind of small. That's what they were trying to do. Sure, I get that. I'm just saying, I, I don't think it needs they to did. be brought up well, they every didn't single bring, time. They didn't cover it in high score, surprisingly. Oh, that's right. You said they didn't. They talked they, about they how said they said it, it's coming, but yeah. they don't show it. And it's like, why can't you not show that? So they didn't do that for there. Um, so there was a couple of, of historical things. Uh, the pacing was good up until the last 20 minutes. That was the one thing where I, I didn't like. Where it did you, kind of fall apart. It seemed like it didn't know where to go once it got to the... Um, PlayStation. Sony stuff, yes. Yeah. Once it started I, juggling three balls instead of two, it seemed like... Well, they could have, but I think um, they, for some reason, I don't like how this is with modern cinema and with documentaries, they had this 90-minute, I think, cutoff they wanted to hit no matter what. And I, and I think the film suffers a little bit because of that. I think if you had 10 more minutes, maybe 15 minutes, you could have went into the Sony stuff a little bit deeper. You could have went into uh, the Saturn a little bit deeper than what they did. They, they lost. They didn't even t- mention that the Saturn was uh, surprise released at E3. I was watching for that. They, they brought up the, the Saturn release, but they didn't talk about how it was in stores now. Oh yeah, the one part was like, oh, you can get it right that's now. Impo- I mean, that yeah. that's pretty important, and yeah. a, 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 you know, they 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 talked about how they were rushing it, and I just I have no idea how you leave out something that big, especially when it's part of the reason why people, one of the many reasons why the Saturn failed. Yeah, there was um, there was a they, they tried to build the pa- in the last twenty five minutes they tried to build I guess the the, the distrust 
distrust between Sega of America and Sega in Japan, saying, well, they didn't agree with here for the first time. Which was and, good and interesting. I, I mean, that's that's a good thing to have up there. But they should have went back previous and, and started earlier with the 32X. And they didn't mention the 32X at all. And I think that's one of the, the biggest problems with, with the they film. They showed it. But they didn't say anything about it. Yeah. They, they, showed the, they showed the Sega CD for like two little clips, but didn't mention the launch or anything. So I think I, I would have rather have sen- seen the story that's more in the book about the Sega CD does all right. 32X is a massive failure. And that massive failure led into the Saturn's failure. Not having that bridge, yes. I think, did, does a disservice to the story. Because they try to build it off of, well, we had a failed dealing with Silicon Graphics, who then ended up doing Donkey Kong Country and the N64. But the N64 isn't what killed Sega, though. Right, So I exactly. think, like, it's, it's, that's nice to bring that up, that you should have listened to me, because maybe if Silicon Graphics worked with Sega, things would have been different. But... I think not telling the 32X story is a huge thing that that and, should have and been that there. was my that was my big takeaway at the end was we're talking about the console war if you want to hit 90 minutes you can leave out that Nintendo 1984 retrospective bullshit. you can and, leave out the retrospective and, just, and you can, and like I said it's it's a good story but it I don't think they needed to derail the pace of the film to do that yeah. when they could have spent that 10, 15 minutes on, like you said, the 32X and the Sega CD. You only needed five minutes for the 32X, probably. You could have got through the 32X in terms of, oh, they wanted to push it out. We said, we don't, we're not comfortable putting this out. We just put out the CD. And then sort of build up that early mistrust between right. the two, Sega of America and Sega. Because, I mean, we talked about this a few months ago, how horribly the 32X did. It did disaster. They only sold 800,000. Yeah. That's horrifying to sell that little. Like that that was the early not nail in the coffin, but you built up the, the customer distrust that soon. Okay, we'll go to the, the Sega Saturn now, and then you can't have two failures like that in a row. Right. You can't. And they did. And that's what it was even before the Dreamcast, which they didn't get to, which I don't think you needed to for this to bring up. Because uh, because Tom Klinsky left the company and was kind of following his. No, they path. left it in '96. They basically stopped at the launch of the the N64, and I mean the Dreamcast was technically post PlayStation, so they didn't need to bring it up. Um, so that was my only big thing. I would have loved to see the third. I, 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 they probably, I guarantee you, they shot that stuff. Oh, they absolutely yeah, did. They shot. I want to see. It like, about, like I said, they 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 yeah. showed the third. That was the, the, another weird thing towards the end for me is they showed the 32x. They showed the Sega CD. It was like they had footage that they oh, had yeah. intended to use for voiceover or interview that they did not use. Yeah, if you had ten more minutes here, I think even ten more minutes, you you could have fleshed out Sega CD and 32x in ten minutes total. Five, about five minutes each. I think you could have done. Could that. have gotten the important stuff out there. Yes. Yeah. So that was like I said. That was it. That and, and um, just one minor historical inaccuracy is that they talk about. Well, we're not coming. We're not coming to the Super Nintendo with, with Blood and Mortal Kombat. So then they show a shot of Mortal Kombat Two at Green Blood. That's Mortal Kombat Two. Mortal Kombat Two had blood on Super Nintendo. So I, they should have shown. They the, did. They should have shown the, the real Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat, which was the white sweat. Yeah, or gray sweat. Whatever you yeah, want to say, like, yeah. it was not. It was it wasn't not the green, it, and it wasn't Mortal Kombat too. That's the only thing that I, I dislike. I was like, okay, well, they did that for effect, but that wasn't the game. So the Super Nintendo Two Mortal Kombat, Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat Two is, is great. Like that's fine. Like by then they figured it out, and I and I like that they 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 had the. I loved I loved the fact that they got so much of the conference and E three footage and stuff in the yes. floor. I loved that. I loved like just the random stuff of like. You know, uh, they're they're like showing the floor of Mario, and then there's Howard Phillips just playing a game, and he turns around and looks at like I love that shit. Like that's great that they got so much of that stock uh, file stuff, probably from the maybe from the I don't know who would have had that some of that footage. 
that wasn't like YouTube footage. Like the quality was too too good on that stuff. Right. You know, and, and then and then they had like the the conference stuff of of all the you know Howard Lincoln and everyone else. You know, sh- uh, you know, they're like dressed as like you know big game hunters, and they shoot and they show Sonic being dead. It's like that's fun stuff to see. I, I haven't seen some of that stuff before. So check it out. It's on CBS All Access, uh, not for resale. It was a fun time. Uh, it was it was good to see the story being told like that, and yeah, it was well produced. Yeah, it was it was good. And football season is already here. I was on the couch Sunday watching a game with a nice, refreshing Miller High Life. Miller High Life is the perfect beer for football. It's a refreshing beer. It's affordable. It's accessible to all. It's an unpretentious quality beer with refreshing champagne-like tiny bubbles and an iconic glass bottle, that slim bottle we all know and love. Big or small, there's always moments worth celebrating. You can do that with Miller High Life. You can relax with friends, kick back with some Miller High Life, watch the day roll by. It's been faithfully brewed the same way since it started on New Year's Eve in 1903. That's over a hundred years of quality brewing. You know it's a quality beer if it's been around for over a hundred years. That's right. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, a quality beer within everyone's reach. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All right, Ian. Um, with with Flash, Flash uh, being unsupported, not supported anymore by Adobe end of the year, uh, we're going to have uh, some tough times for some uh, Flash games. Yeah, we're going to be losing some Flash games. Um, there are people who are currently pre- you know, trying to preserve them um, by converting them to HTML5. Also, just because Flash is going away doesn't mean you won't be able to download the game to your computer and play it using a Flash player. It's just not going to exist on the internet anymore, which is where most people play Flash stuff. I wonder if people, if, if everyone, if, if you know, the majority of people know that you can right-click and usually, like, download those files and play them, like, offline. Um, but Farmville, uh, the quintessential Facebook game, um, will be shutting down on December 31st. In-app purchases will come to a halt on November 17th uh, to, I think, keep people from dumping money into a currency that they won't be yeah, able yep. to use immediately. They don't want to piss them off afterwards. Right. So, um, I never got into Farmville or uh, its numerous uh, clones. I think Farmville... I can't remember which came first, Farmtown or Farmville. They were different companies, though. Was there also, like, MapleStory? Was that one of them? MapleStory was not Facebook. Uh, MapleStory is, like, a side-scrolling, like, RPG. But, I mean, that was a popular game, but that's not... Oh, that wasn't on one of these? I don't believe MapleStory was Facebook, no. Um, So... I remember these coming out, and I remember my friends and even some family getting wildly uh, addicted to the uh, Zynga games on Facebook. Um, Farmville took uh, farming and turned it into... um, It kind of really perfected the free-to-play template, uh, limiting the amount of things you can do in a certain amount of time so that you are tempted to basically buy more turns uh, that you can use before they replenish. So that's how a lot of free-to-play games work, especially ones like these. Planting plots or building buildings cost a certain amount. It's a of, freemium game, right? Remember, this is before app, like basically the big app games. This is like a year or two before them. So, um, you know, it costs 
time or energy to do actions in these games, whether it's harvesting, uh, building buildings, uh, selling things, grooming animals, etc. And when you run out, you have to wait for that energy to replenish. Usually it happens every couple of hours or every 24 hours, depending on the game, and then you go back. Of course, there's a way to break that, and you can just pay more money uh, to gain that energy back, and you can keep playing indefinitely. Um... These games, uh, there was ways to visit other people's farms. You could help them harvest their fruits and vegetables. Um, so basically, that was it, you know it was always like Stardew Valley. It's like a yes, but not <laughs> not not as nice. not as intense. Yes, well, not as nice. Yeah, um, a little but more the, simple. But these games always revolved around either you paying money into them or harassing enough of your friends to play with you. Oh, really? So that you, you things together. Yes, so that you didn't need to a wait for your time or energy to come back or pay for more of it. You could use you could basically uh, act as a recruiter for Zynga, and if you got more people to play, you would gain oh, bonuses. Oh. And, th- and that's how it worked. It was it was almost like, you know, a, a, a chain letter sort of thing. It was, you gotta keep this going. You gotta find new people to play. Wow. Um, like I said, I never got super into it. My girlfriend at the time uh, was very much into Farm Town, which was a similar type game. Uh, I remember... Farm Town? Farm Town. Yes. Are and you I- farming in the town? Farm Town. Or are you just hanging out in the town? I mean, it was just called Farm Town, man. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, More I thought you were that. the expert. It's your girlfriend playing it. Okay. It's just called Farm Town. I mean, it's, it, you, is that why you broke up? She was playing too much. No, uh, you farm. You farm uh, <laughs> just like you did in Farmville. Um, and I remember there was like ways to hack the game and cheats, and people would spend lots of times designing lots of time designing these farms. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I didn't know people still played these, uh, but I would not be surprised. I don't know what Facebook is like anymore. So, I, I can't use Facebook. So it's not available anymore on the iPhone? It said it was a mobile app for a brief period in 2010. They got, did they get rid of it? Can I not, not buy this on my iOS? Is this real? I mean, that's what they're telling you. Hey, I'm following up. Wikipedia is not always 100% correct here, but I don't think someone would make that up. Farm, there's got to be a version on here, or at least a thousand clones. Well, the sequels are on here. Farmville 2, uh, uh, Country Escape, Tropic Escape, and Farmville 3. Um, I'm assuming that Farmville the, 2 is probably just more tuned for a f- for phone. Yeah, yeah, the original's not available. you got to get the sequel. Yeah, it was probably just more tuned for phone, whereas the original was more tuned for Facebook. There's there's also Family Farm Seaside and a bunch of similar ones out there. There's probably 50 of these things. Okay, there's Town Village. There it is, Ian. I found Town Village. So, okay. So this was obviously huge. Um, I remember playing this myself for like maybe 15 minutes back when it came out because it was everywhere oh let's check this out until like the same thing I got when I played The Sims I go what the hell am I doing with this this is a waste of my time don't get sucked in and you cut it off wish I did that with Civilization but um and I stopped playing at the time like again it's probably 2009 or 10 but okay how many people played this this is in the article here and I just had it up they had um uh yeah it wasn't wasn't uh, many people oh no uh as many as 83.76 83.76 million active users per month per month not total in a in the in a big month 83 million people yep that's insane it is and it it, it goes to show that the the initially the facebook game idea was shoot the fly sorry go on it was smart um it's a fly on my laptop okay no keep going 
No, I'm watching you shoot the fly. Missed him. Go you, on. you hit it, but you pushed him. Oh, I pushed and then him off. he flew away. Um, those games were perfectly built for Facebook, though. For the majority of users, they would sign on, uh, you know, check a couple of things, play five minutes of these farm games, and you're an awful shot. Uh I can't talk if you're going to be shooting at flies. Like, I, I can't pay attention. Got there him. you go. I got him. Congrats. He's dead. Um, but they were perfectly designed for that. The the sign in, play for five, ten minutes, check up with people, and then go about your day. But people became a lot more obsessed with them than that. And then also people started spending more time on Facebook than was probably healthy. And then I'm sure a bunch of other clone games. Yes, tons. A bunch of freemium games. Going on. How are they... Were they just literally like, oh, here's a link to play? That's how they spread a lot of, like... I don't remember seeing, I think, advertisers on Facebook. I'm trying to remember. Facebook, Facebook was radically different 10 years ago, but I'm trying to remember how, how it looked in terms of the advertising on there. I don't remember. It's not that there were promoted posts as much. There had to have been, but it wasn't like now where anyone can spend 100 bucks and promote a post. Right. Well, that's why, the, that's why they gave stuff away to people who recruited more players. That, that's why there was such an emphasis on getting other people to play. So it was a cult. It was a cult of Farmville. Yes. Basically. At the time. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So good on good on Zynga for coming up with this. I, I love their poker game. Um, I, I wonder how much money they made off of this game. It's probably not a small amount. No. Because again, not. again, this is like before. This is even before this got big on on you know on app stores and games. I mean, uh, smartphones didn't get big for at least a, a few years after this came out. If I'm wrong, someone can correct me. But I'm fairly certain that Zynga made its initial mark uh, on. Facebook. I think that's where they got big. Well, that's where that, the poker first was. And then that. they went, you know, then they went to phones afterwards and all that blew up. But yeah, I think Zynga's, you know, um, initial popularity comes yep. from their Facebook games. Zynga Poker was Facebook 2007. That was okay. their first thing. So they basically then uh, came up with, uh, after that, let's see, 40 million people playing Zynga. Because Zynga's the same way. Zynga gives you free chips. And Zynga if Poker, you mean? Zynga Poker. They give you chips for free, and then obviously if you're good enough, you're not going to lose them. But if you lose them, Ian, you can wait to get more free chips, like whatever it is. Every day you get bonus, or you got to buy them. Gotcha. So Pat never had to buy them because you know I'm, I'm decent at poker on my on my phone. But um, yeah, that's how it works. But or you, or or you when you you get friends that you give ch- free chips back and forth. So I might encourage you, maybe not to recruit, but at least on the app you can like add friends to do that and play games with them. Either way, it's free. Hey, it's it's, a free, it's free to play it though, so you can't you can't complain if they want to make some money. Obviously, it's capitalism. So anyway, so that's that's how Zynga got big. Zynga Poker, and then Farmville. God bless them. And then Cityville came out in 2010, and it surpassed Farmville as its most popular game. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't City Farm, wherever you said it was Cityville. No, Farm Town. Farm different Town. game made by a different company. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. So is Farm Town like Cityville? No. <laughs> Farm town is like Farmville. I don't know what's so hard but to understand. But a farm's not a town, though. You don't have a farm in a town. Mm, a farm is not a ville either, Pat. Is a ville a thing, though? I think Farmville is closer than farm town. You just meant I, I, I might have bludgeoned that fly to death with a dollar store dart gun there. All right, so that that's that, anything else to add here? No. Okay, so <laughs> so I can't think of another... Well, you can, well the good news is that People are still playing the later versions, iterations of this. So it's not like the game is disappearing entirely. It's just this version is going bye-bye. I wonder if Zynga fought tooth and nail to keep this going somehow, because they're probably still making money off this, obviously. It's just maybe, obviously, at this point, it's diminishing returns versus 
all the other sequels. Well, they probably have, I, I mean, without looking, they probably have sequels that are in HTML5 now, so they probably have things to fall back on. I'm sure that they haven't been developing everything in Flash up until the last minute. Zynga, Zynga they're not hurting for food. They're, they're, they're keeping the lights on, so they're all right. All right, Ian, saw this uh, tweeted out. Interesting topic for an NES homebrew. Um, this is this is a, a like a one on one, two D. Uh, well, Smash Brothers is two D, but, but it's a, it's an NES basically eight bit Smash Brothers game. It's a one on one Smash Brothers. One on one. You have little weapons. It's cute. You fight each other. It's called uh, Super Tilt Bros, which is funny. Super Tilt Bro. Oh, bro, no S, no S. Uh, Super Tilt Bro, and it looks good. But that's honestly not the most interesting thing about this. It's that the uh, cartridge um, that is in development that it's going to be put on contains a Wi-Fi chip, so you can play online with other people on your NES. Um, it wow. connects you to a server, and you can find players uh, from there. And that's crazy um, to think about that, and if it works, and if it works well, uh, how else that can be implemented into other games and things going forward. So first off, you can you can uh, play the uh, the alpha version of this game for free online. It's available. I'll I'll link it there. Uh, Sil- Super Tilt Bro. Period. Uh, Super Tilt Bro is a demake of the Super Smash Brothers series, compatible with the good old Nintendo Entertainment System. You and a friend take control of a clone of Sinbad, the badass, badass mascot, mascot of Ogre 3D. Nothing new with Ogre 3D. Two fellows, one, one platform. You have to fight to throw the other out. Um, okay. So, yeah, you have special moves and attacks, and, and you can jump with, with... Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I love, I love uh, D-Makes, and if this is a good game, it's a good game. But let's talk about this, uh, this Wi-Fi. So this is going to be on the chip inside the cart. Like, like the custom chip, or I guess the mapper chip, is going to have this little Wi-Fi thing uh, in there. And um, this is a interesting that when you think that the NES homebrew scene uh, was, was has peaked or had reached its sort of highest level, that some, something like this comes along, or something like um, uh, Golf or, or, or Jane Saba Mall Brawl. I think we're and, finally getting to the point with the homebrew scene where it's actually interesting I mean, the because the games are actually good. Because for years it was not interesting to me at all. The well, games well, weren't particularly. Impressive. Well, either they weren't impressive, or they they were straight out uh, stealing from prototypes of games that didn't come out. That's what the homebrew scene was of games they were. I'm, not, I'm not talking about prototypes. I'm talking specifically about oh, oh, original game, actual. Well, that's homebrew. I'm talking about actual homebrew games. Well, I guess technically homebrew they were altering some little things on some of those prototypes, but yeah. Um, but this is interesting. I I I wonder if this would rejuvenate people to want to actually get out their NES consoles again. Uh, to play this versus just playing it uh, on on a computer, you know, or an emulator. Um, but I, I'm I'm trying to think about if this is successful, what other homebrews could utilize something like this. And thinking about past games, what sort of games would you be able to pull off multiplayer pretty well? Keep in mind that they're taking a, a little risk here because obviously with a fighting game, you know that that's the biggest sort of complaint about latency of any online game is usually a fighting game. You have to be so split second. I know I know it's an NES game. It's not like you know you're not putting in combos like with a GameCube controller or you know you know what I mean. But you, but still, it's got, it's got to be pretty on point or you can't play a fighting game. But could you do like a modern uh, homebrew sports game that have two players or like ice hockey? That could be fun. Yeah, sports game racing. Or, uh, I was thinking something like uh, Super Dodgeball. Super Dodgeball would be very good for that. Um, it would be interesting to see if they could do like a, you know, a, if you could get connect to more than one 
at a time oh. instead of just one on one. I was I the thing uh, that I thought of immediately for whatever reason was the beanball mode in Super Dodgeball and seeing like how many people could you get doing that at one point in time. Okay, I was thinking of I don't know the game you ever heard of this game on NES esoteric game. Uh, called Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat, four-player racing. Oh, that'd be great. Single screen. Because with those games, you can get away with maybe a minor latency versus a fighting game. It wouldn't be as noticeable, maybe. Um, I don't know. This is fascinating technology. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know this was in the works. And I'd be interested to see um, how it plays in, in theory once they... It sounds like though it's it's like full on in development. Like this is this this is going to happen at some point. They're gonna they're gonna do this. I think it would uh, work really well with a racing game like uh, Micro Machines, Eliminator Boat Duel, or RC Pro Am. Um, any of those games that you know they tried at well RC Pro Am two. They tried to do the two player on the same screen, but you can't because it's overhead. So when you start to fall off the bottom, it just automatically pushes you. Oh, so take that same you. concept because Micro Machines concept sucks ass. Micro Machines concept is great. No, it sucks. The two-player mode sucks. It sucks. Um, you fall behind for one second in your head, it sucks. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you take that idea but and actually make it a do, real racing game. But do it, yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, you could, each each person playing would have their own separate yeah. viewpoint. And you don't win by, by getting a screen ahead yeah. five times or whatever and not seeing the fucking racetrack ahead because you're ahead, so then you screw up, and then your opponent goes ahead of you, and you lose your cousin for the eighth time in a row because he knows the map heart by heart. You don't... Sorry, I didn't own the fucking game. My parents didn't get it for me <laughs> off QVC. They weren't they weren't upper-middle-class Chris. Sorry, what was I saying? Oh, oh, okay. So, super super tilt bros. Bro. Um, so, so I, w- I would love to see this in practice. There'll probably be a Kickstarter for these cards next year. I don't know. I guess I would love to see how much the extra hardware of the chip is going to cost. What this is going to cost. Because if it, developing an NES game, producing an NES game roughly now is around 20 bucks to do a, a homebrew. Like 20 bucks with everything there. I hope, hopefully this doesn't add that much to it. Hopefully like only like 5 bucks or so. Like you add, if you add like 20 bucks to it and all of a sudden the $60 or usually they charge 50 bucks for these games, you don't want to see like 70 or 80 for that. But we'll see. We'll see the technology. It gets cheaper as it goes along. And then maybe someone developing a game sees if it's successful, they add it to their design of game. Wink! But we don't know. So, what, what, what characters should be in Super Tilt Bro? You should see show up. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I. I'm not sure if they're actually pulling characters from from there, but I think Simon Belmont and Mega Man would make great additions. Oh yeah, but obviously you can't for something like this. Though. Yeah, so I don't. I mean, I, I I'm not I'm not going to make up a character right now that you can put in there. Although okay. you could do like homebrew stuff. You could do yeah. like homebrew characters, like the like the mages game. Get, get little mage guys with the, the cloak. You know the cloak little guys. Yeah, get one of them in there. That the one that I liked that I played a little bit that I want to see more of is Bat Puncher. I want Bat Puncher. Bat Puncher. I want I want the character from Bat Puncher. That's in there. A- how about the little lizard? Remember the lizard NES game we oh, yeah. promoted on the NES Marathon in the past? Yeah. Get the little lizard. Lizard's cool. That would be cool. But yes, I like the character from Bat Puncher. I don't think I saw Bat Puncher before. Super Bat Puncher? Bat Puncher's pretty fun. Oh, this is adorable. Yeah, it's great. And you have a little little bird that f- with you that flies around? Little helper animal? I don't really... The demo I played did not have a little helper animal that I recall. Yeah, there's a little bird helper. Little, 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 little golden bird that flies around. That's adorable. Yeah, I enjoy it. So maybe this would be a way to promote the other. Um, yeah, you can you can make it like you get the agreement of the other homebrew developers, and you make it like the Smash Brothers for the homebrew. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great way. Then you get everyone promoting it together. Oh, there's the punching. Okay, you like it because it's rocking. It's like rock and catch. That's okay. a cute little cat. You get a little punching. Little you do, cat. and the bats are cute. <laughs> Everything about the game is cute, and it looks nice. I don't think I've played this before. I've seen this for. Is this? Is, can I buy this? 
Is it out on, on the car? Uh, I don't know if it's all the way out. I don't have many homebrews. Here, good old platforming fun, special moves to player mode, uh, explicit bat punching. Yeah, it says it's just a demo for now, as far as I can tell. At least that's what I played, was just a demo. Okay. Because Micromage is already out. Okay, this is going to be the second release. Got it. Yeah, Micromage did extremely well uh, as a Kickstarter. That was Micromages and Super Bat Punch are the same people? Uh, Morph Cat Games, it looks like. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so you have a good pedigree, obviously. All right, so so look out for Super Tilt Bro, and hopefully the, the Wi-Fi works out. Like, I'm really interested in seeing how that how that looks. Uh their early prototypes of game cards exist, so they've, they've made them. So there you go. All right, uh, Ian. We got a Patreon. You go to uh, patreon.com slash podcast, And there you go. There you go with your money and your high hopes. <clears throat> and High <laughs> hopes your dreams. <laughs> your dreams. And uh, you spend that money as fast as you can <laughs> in your hot little hands. What? Uh, so what do we offer at our Patreon? I do a writing uh, every week. I don't know what this week's writing is going to be on. Last week I wrote about Spelunky. Spelunky 2, uh, which I have been playing feverishly. Um, talk about punching bats. I can talk about pun- punching bats. You can talk about the history of, of the Sesame Seed Bun. Could there t- you go. could talk about the history of the Sesame Seed Bun. You've already done the research. Um, You're qualified. You also get access to the full video podcast that goes up uh, on Tuesdays. Uh, and you get to vote in a... Uh, I do a hangout. Once a month, once sure. Once a month. And uh, you get to vote in these Q&As. And so this was this week's topics in third place, thankfully. What video games would you make a novelization of and why at only 19%? That's a bad one. Second place, 32%. Besides Mario 35, what retro games would you make good Battle Royale games. That's an interesting one. And then in first place, Ian. Wow, this is a strong first place one. 49%. What are your favorite toy lines and why? Um, so I have two. Two that, two that I considered to be probably my favorite. Even though I only like actively played with one or asked for one. Um, the Voltron line of toys in the 80s was probably my favorite. Um, it's one of the only cartoons I remember being obsessed with in the 80s. It, that was at least an 80s cartoon. Like, a lot of people remember G.I. Joe or Thundercats and stuff like that. I never really got into a lot of that, but Voltron I was big into. Um, and I had the... I loved the... Uh, I think they were the Matchbox. Uh, they did the Diecast Lions. Um, they were like the Hot Wheels cars or the Matchbox cars, but they were the uh, Lions, and they had the wheels underneath them, so you could run them down... Um, like Hot Wheels toy track, they weren't they weren't matchbox sizes. I had that set. They were about it's about a foot tall. That one was or plastic. I'm saying they made they made small metal ones. That's what I'm saying. But mine, you can wind them back and they went. You said yours, you can do that as well. No, mine weren't wind back. Oh, okay, they mine were, just, were, they were just okay. like you just you let them go. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I do remember the wind back ones. Too. I had the wind back plastic one. They had a metal one, they had a plastic one, they had the big 18-inch one, which I have in the garage, a plastic one as well. And I had one of those, I had the, I think I had like the 18-inch plastic one, I remember I got it from uh, a garage sale, Uh, my mom got it for me, and that was one of my favorite toys of all time. You still have it? Uh, I have... I have them. I have two full-size Voltrons, but I, they're not. It's not my original. You have the big one. The, 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 the three and three-quarter figures fit in. I have uh, the bigger one that Vani got me, and then I have the um, Soul of Chogokin one. The I had the three hundred dollar fucking diecast one. It's insane. That came out back then. No, it came out like oh, the, four oh, the years new one. Ago. Oh, the it's, new one. It's not based on the new one. It's but yeah, it's the that that one is fucking nuts. Gotcha. Soul yeah, of- I had the. 
not the miniature one that, that didn't come apart. As a kid, I had the... Let's see, I'm looking at it right now. Here's the Matchbox one. Jesus Christ, that fucking Voltron's expensive now. Yeah, that's the one I had. The deluxe line set. It was plastic. It wasn't made of metal. Yeah. Dude, I'm talking about metal cars. Oh, actual cars? They Matchbox-sized cars. I've never seen that as a Voltron before. Sorry. I had the Matchbox-released deluxe line set. It was about a foot tall. It goes for $350 in the box. Holy shit. I have it loose. Had it as a kid. Uh, Matchbox Voltron 3 Deluxe Line Set Full-size die-cast with box and manual They call it die-cast, but it, well, I don't know why they call it die-cast But I don't think it was metal, it was it plastic was. They made metal ones, they, they did It was partially metal, part plastic But there was definitely metal involved Is that what, is that the one I had then? Because I don't think they made two different ones that did that. Anyway, so whatever, I had that size But I also had When I started collecting toys in my teenage years I got the, the bigger one that put the three and three quarter figures in That you actually bought separately Right. That one wasn't as nice as the, as the small one In terms of the, the ornate stuff No, no, the smaller one was nicer And maybe I'm thinking of the one you're talking about Maybe but, they will, were pulled back but the, but, the lower, but the smaller ones didn't have the enemies That you could buy Right. Only the big 18 inch one had those enemies Though, And I don't remember those being easy to find in the stores Then again I was only like 5 or f- 4 and 5 So I only had the one Voltron A uh, little guy But okay so that was yours Any other ones? You mentioned the Thundercats um, So the other one for me was um, Just straight up Hot Wheels cars and track It's crazy because I Oh yeah I, I love displaying Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars I, um, I, I, mean, I have no interest in cars these days But when I was a kid Hot Wheels track was all I wanted was more and more of it and we had the original kind where like you had to clamp the starting piece up on something high and then you would let it run down you could let it run down the slope and do the oh, loop okay. yeah I didn't have that oh, so playing with the track was my favorite thing that was like Whenever my mom would see that stuff at garage sales, she would buy up whatever. Oh, that's where I got. There. I almost never got a brand new Matchbox or Hot Wheels car. My, my parents would find like a case of them at a at a at a, a garage sale. But which which they also found though was they that I had the. It's so funny. You had like the racing thing. I had the town set that you literally had like the town. Like, oh, the those road were pieces, cool. And, my, and, my younger and, brother and had street, that. And like yield and street signs and stuff. Yep. Like I had that, and I liked playing with that. It, it wasn't like a lot of houses or something with it, but it was like here's the roads. Here's the intersection. It had like the intersection pieces, you know. It had the curved pieces. You can make your own little town, townville setup, farm town setup, Ian. You could do, you could do that with that. So I loved it as a kid. I loved having uh, just giant blocks, you know, the old school giant blocks. They don't make them anymore. Oh, yeah. the big ones that you can mm-hmm. bludgeon someone to death with. I used to make my own little forts with army men. I used to love the little plastic army men. Used to love them. I made my own little like like battleships, and I throw things at them to like to destroy them between two different sides. I would do that. But okay, so but really, really, the toy lines I loved. We'll start with Mask. Mask is fantastic because Mask is really a combination of Transformers and GI Joe because they're human still, but they have transforming vehicles, and it's 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 a combo of those. And Mask was nice because um, they well they were cheaper for the most part than the bigger Transformers. But I guess I identify better with, with the humans than robot characters. And that's probably why I, I never really loved... I liked but I didn't love the Transformers cartoon. But um, uh, Mask was a great toy line. I, I had um, the, the rocker, I forget his name, with the sunglasses, who had the motorcycle, probably because that was the cheapest one, motorcycle that went into a helicopter. And it was cute. And they, they were cute. They didn't transform totally, but there was enough. The gun came out. Propellers came up. Uh, I love them. Um, He-Man, I, obviously, I liked He-Man. A lot as a kid 
because um, He-Man, they were He-Man is so outrageous in the different types of like they're all like basically aliens, especially like the the villains. No, 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 the humans too. You got the guy with the long neck. You got Moss Man. You got a skunk guy that smells. Um, you know, you you got uh, the awful lobster guy. What was it? Awful clawful with a big lobster arm. You had uh, many faces, different faces that twisted around. You had. The, they were bizarre. Like they were, they all had the same torso and legs, and but they were just bizarre what they did. Um, you had the what was it, the guy the guy that that had the climbing the climbing rope. Oh, what was that? A Webster was that his name? It, it was just fun. You had Beast Man who was orange. So yeah, He Man was great. Cartoon sucked though. So there was to me it was always either the cartoon was great and the toys were did not live up to it. Or 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 the toys were good, but the cartoon it was hard to match that. Thundercats got close. Thundercats toys were interesting because I don't know if you had any Thundercats toys. Uh, I think we had like one or two floating around that were just there. I had a win two of them at, at that at Seaside Heights because my parents and they they bought me like one. They got me like the walrus guy who was like one of the secondary characters and and they didn't get me one of like the main ones. Uh, but they were cool because. Um, they had the action, the arm action, uh, and they had the little some. Not all of them. Some they had the little uh, Lino had the little the little red glow that went through him when you put the little flashlight. Oh on. yeah, so that was cool. Um, and then uh, Ninja Turtle figures were really nice because the again there was a wide a variety of types, and some guys had like you know um, had like a little clear stomach with stuff inside. I forget what the guy with that was a mutant gin man or something. Uh, there was like different like like. Uh, uh, animal races. You had like the the gecko with a skateboard. You had like the 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 the, the, the um, you had the what the hell is his name? God, I can't think of it. The, the doctor, the doctor Stockman or whatever that becomes the Baxter fly. Stockman. Baxter Stockman. Who was a doctor? Uh, so you had a bunch of those. So Ninja Turtles to me got close. Just like okay, the cartoon is really good. The toys are really good. The play sets are really good. You had the goo. Uh, uh, you know, you fire the goo. You, you had the slime. It was it was a good time there. Of course, I come back to the the goat GI Joe, not just because because it sold the cartoon. The cartoon sold the toys. The toys sold the cartoon together perfectly. And I guess and I guess the more adult comic book there. But GI Joe was always my goat of the '80s for for toys and cartoon because when you when you saw when you actually saw the cartoon show and the new characters, it made you want to buy the figures of those characters. Like they really sold the characters well and fleshed them out to buy them. Because there was remember, I always bring this up, it was amazing. There was like um fifty to sixty different G.I. Joe's on screen that you saw. Sure. They rotated them out. So you see one guy from the early seasons that, you know, because those are early trolling, they would bring those early guys back in later seasons. You would just see them less. Maybe once every five or six episodes. Oh, there's Zap. He's one of the first guys. We're going to bring him back to, to do something in the background. He'll get some lines, though. So it made you want to go, oh, look at this guy. This guy I haven't seen before. Here, Airtight. He's a weird bio biochemical soldier with a weird quirky personality. I like to joke around. He's not on a lot of episodes. I want to buy him. And he became a figure I always wanted and I was jealous my friends had. So... And, and, and G.I. Joe, you know, t- talk about all different diverse characters. You know, they had that before any other cartoon had that. They had, they had every, every, everyone on there, and it was great. And everyone working together. 
So I always go back to G.I. Joe because that, and G.I. Joe also had, to me, it had the best vehicles and play sets because the three and three quarter scale, you can get away with having really like sort of minor uh, or micro toys or gigantic toys or medium toys. So if you couldn't afford the big whale um, hover hovercraft, you can get the smaller like motorcycle right. or get the little armadillo mini tank like that were cheaper. That's and that's why I end up having, I think, a lot more GI Joe toys and everything else because the, the figures were cheapest. They were two dollars and change for a three and three quarter figures, which were had full articulation and a few different accessories. And they, I think they had like ten dollar to fifteen dollar vehicles that were still affordable for your middle middle class family. You didn't go out and buy you know the fifty dollar. You know, vehicle. They had ten ten dollar vehicles, fifteen dollar vehicles. Very smart toy line because of that. It, they had all different degrees of toys. I guess Transformers was the same way. They had the little micro guys and medium and gigantic ones. You know, so yeah, I love GI Joe. I ended up having about probably forty to fifty GI Joes when all was said said and done. Uh, you know, and then I had um, probably fifteen to twenty vehicles at least, maybe twenty twenty five vehicles. And I had uh, only one. I had the battle platform. Uh, the play set, the one that went into the water or on dry land, I had that one. If you ever saw the cartoons or had any memories of that. No, no you know, have a favorite favorite G.I. Joe? No. Did you have any toys? Mm-hmm. No, no G.I. Joes? At, really? No, I didn't care for G.I. Joe when I was a kid. R- really? Yep. Could have bonded over... over. Didn't care for G.I. Joe. A, a didn't care for Thundercats. Really? Yep. You like the cartoon even? Nope. Didn't the like, anime style you don't like? Didn't, no? like the, didn't like the He-Man cartoons. Well, the cartoons are garbage. The toys are fun. The, car- the car- you can't re- you can't rewatch the He Man cartoons. You just can't. I do remember. I I, I liked the toys. Um, I never really had any. But by the time my younger brother was into toys, that's when garage sales were flooded with He Man figures. Like oh yeah, everyone was getting rid oh, of yeah, them. So yeah. my brother Wait, had a massive massive box of He Man toys. And at one point in time, I mean, I could name just about any He Man fucking character, and my brother had it. They weren't new, they weren't complete, but you know, we had them because they were just they were everywhere and they were cheap as hell. So that's what my brother. Yeah, by late eighties, excuse me, He Man were like seven years old. So yeah, yeah, they were just everywhere. Couldn't couldn't escape them. Didn't I, I remember seeing some of the GI Joes in the late '80s, but not a lot of them. If it, if if I, if I went to the flea markets in the mid '90s, I would have started buying the GI Joes again because I sold all my toys off at like at yard sales and like my grandparents when I was like you know twelve, thirteen years old. That's why I sold them all my original batch of NES games. I sold when I was like twelve, thirteen years old. Yeah, before I would rebuy them like four years later, you know, I sold them all off. But I but I was I was such a good kid when it came out. I even like put all the weapons together with each figure before I, I want to make sure they went to a good home put all the weapons together with each figure I sold them each whatever it was a dollar or two dollars each whatever I sold a dollar each 50 cents when I was like 13 years old yeah 12 years old now I'm getting now now, now I'm kind of sad because I didn't get some of those G.I. Joe's back I, I have a bunch in my garage that I rebought I have a, a lot more I had than I had when I was a kid now and ones that are worth money G.I. Joe's have in the past th- two three years have skyrocketed in price versus what they used to be and I don't know why it took so long versus other other toy lines but all of a sudden now like even like a beat up like storm shadow is like 50 bucks you know it's, it's just it's just i don't know what happened i guess everyone reached the age of 40 and wanted to, to get nostalgic for gi joe why did you do it the past 10 years because because they've, they've put out garbage products or no products of gi joe right so well thanks for the question there all right well that's the end that's this is the end of the podcast only an hour and a half only an hour and a half. Was they supposed to be every week? Or then our intros became forty minutes, fifty minutes long. <laughs> yes, this is fine. They're fun. This one's this this week's intro is a lot more reasonable. It was like thirty-two minutes and change. Oh, support us on. Uh, you can join on YouTube. 
if you're listening, you hit that join button next to subscribe or on Patreon, patreon.com slash the podcast. Um, I'm going to try to do a flea, flea Market Madness this month. I, I was thinking of an NES Punk video idea. I might do this month. If not, I'll have it for November, but we'll see. Something simple, but I got I to gotta work on all these different things. Once I'm past juggling stuff. He's juggling stuff here. So I got to go kill some flies, Ian. That fly survived. I saw him buzzing around. I'm going to finish the job. They're, they're tough. They're tough. Exoskeleton. No, they're, they're brutally tough. It's like getting hit by a truck and surviving. So, I, I mean, seriously, per scale, yes. this thing hurts me when I fire. And firing at almost point, I was like three inches away. That's like getting hit with a cannon. Just moved him. All right. We're out. Bye.